Welcome to What's Left to Do. I'm your host, Janelle. Big shout out to my intrepid early patrons supporting this work over at patreon.com slash what's left to do. We're just getting started, baby. (laughs) Now back to the episode. This week's episode is a doozy. I had the honor of sitting down to interview Dr. Jared Ball, author of The Myth and Propaganda of Black Buying Power. I almost missed the flight uh, because I was so enthralled with his story. His radical white Jewish mother and maternal lineage, fraudulent bar mitzvah, and the quote, accidental crack rock he ended up smoking as a teen because he had rich white friends. (laughs) What? His wife is going to hunt me down for getting some of these stories out of him. (laughs) Let's take a listen. We are in for a real treat for real this time because this gentleman that we're sitting down with <clears throat> has saved my black ass life a couple of times in conversations with the race hustlers in my life who don't know any better who should um but you know we live in hell so that's what it is we have dr jared ball author of the myth and propaganda of black buying power uh, professor at Morgan State University, vegan, uh, beard wearer. I'm going to stop trying to just append things to your name. <laughs> What's up, Dr. Ball? What's going on? I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's good to be, uh, be on with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you. No, thank you. I was, <laughs> he absolutely could have told me to fuck off because I'm just a, a complete stranger. I'm a nobody, but I like emailed him. I found his website, emailed him like, oh. Oh, I'm going to be in town. Can I interview you, please? And he's very gracious. So thank you again for being uh, kind enough, gracious enough to um, allow me to get your story today. I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate that. I don't. And it's funny you would say that. But but as someone who has done this work myself mm-hmm. and someone who has tried to track down people whose work I appreciate, mm-hmm. uh, I don't think any of us should be that hard to find. Sure. Or it, or it shouldn't be that hard to make time for anybody. So I, I, appreciate, I appreciate you following up and inviting me. And <laughs> I'm glad I could make some time. Yeah, thank you. So I I really want to speed through, but of course I don't want to speed through to the current moment because, because it cannot be easy. Or maybe it because it's because it's you, but mm-hmm. it but it cannot be easy in particularly in this moment to um to do research and scholarship that disabuses this notion of like, you know, essentially what it boils down to is like black capitalism and it's, you know, emancipatory um, uh, power, um, which you disabuse like, you know, passionately with your book, with your research and with all of your um, uh, various um, media appearances. That can't be easy in this moment. So I, I am dying to get to know like how that was how that became kind of a focal point of your scholarship um uh in addition to your what i i and if i'm miss uh if i'm miss saying this but you're you know you're i believe you're a pan-african leftist radical um so like just how understanding how that fits into everything but i want to go back to the beginning to understand how a jared ball 
becomes Jared Ball? Like what were, what, what, what is the life progression, life story um, that got us there? So where are you from? Oh, wow. Uh, we are really going back. Way back. Well, I was born not far from here in D.C., mm-hmm. Washington, D.C., mm-hmm. and grew up uh, in Howard County, Maryland, uh, after about the age of, I guess, about five. What part of D.C. were you born in? I was born in Northwest D.C. Where? In Sibley Hospital. Ha! Uh-huh. So for those who know D.C., uh-huh. know that that means a lot. It says a lot in terms of race and yes. class. yes. Um, Explain to them what that means for people who aren't aware. Well, because black D.C. residents are generally born or were generally born in D.C. general. Mm -hmm. And Sibley Hospital is a very elite, rich, white institution that I have actually never seen since I was born in it. Really? I couldn't even tell you where it is exactly other than saying Northwest D.C. Oh, I got you. But I was born there because, uh, uh, not just because my mother is white and a Jew, but particularly because my black father mm-hmm. was a labor organizer huh. and had insurance. Ah. Huh. So my mother ha- uh, was not employed. Uh-huh. Uh, and uh, so we would have needed that. But because we had insurance through AFSME, the union that mm-hmm. my father worked for. Mm-hmm. I, I 100% did not know your mother was, I didn't know that you really? were Jewish. No, I, I did not know that you were Jewish. I just. Oh, I thought, thought that was part, were, I thought that was part of the story we were, we, we were trying to get to. No, no, no. How I got I, to where I'm I glad am. we're there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, so please take it. Like, how did, how did they meet? Give me the background on that. Well, I, you know. And so, maybe I should have guessed because you bright. I am bright. <laughs> I am bright. But, and, I, and I've gotten brighter as I've gotten older. So as I lost my hair, I've lost my melanin. I mean, it's like a whole devolution of sorts. Like, it's like, you know, anyway. So you mentioned one of the reasons why I had to become a vegan, try to get yeah. you know, my health together was because everything else was falling apart. So I was like, if, if, you know, I, I can't, you know, I can't be bald, beige. No. And fat and no. unhealthy, all I mean, you, you got to get something together, right? So, correct. So, I didn't want to do the fake hair, I didn't right. want to do you know, I can't, you know, I don't, I'm, I don't know how I could healthy and legitimately darken myself. So, <laughs> I just I said, I can at least eat better and get myself in some Straight. kind of shape, could at least not something. be pre diabetic, like all right, exactly, right, people. yeah, well, That's correct. So, that was that, you know, I can't, right? Uh, <laughs> um, but. The simplest way I can really explain it is that uh, um, really what I usually say is that I, I whenever I've whenever I'm infrequently asked to explain this mm-hmm. is that that um, I was raised on a bunch of positive myths. Hmm. So uh, when when you ask me about how my parents got together and met and all of that, mm-hmm. it's really what I can tell you is only based on. Um, pieces of positive mythology uh. that I don't necessarily know much about or know to be fully factual so for instance uh uh, the version i got Mm -hmm. is that my father who was uh uh, a member of initially core and then uh congress of racial equality and then when when roy ennis made the infamous uh right word split with that uh uh, with that organization my father and the radical branch Mm Uh, then in Cincinnati, mm-hmm. broke and formed the first chapter of SNCC in mm-hmm. Cincinnati. Ah. So, uh, and in about sixty-seven or sixty-eight, he was run out of Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, the version I grew up with was that he was run out in part because of the black radical organizing he was doing. Mm-hmm. I did come to learn very uh, 
much later and only a few years ago through other people's research that he was under incredible surveillance by the counterintelligence program, uh, FBI, um, uh, uh, even the Secret Service, which mm. for some reason I was never really aware was involved with that level of surveillance. Mm. And that that at that and that the story also involved the the sheriff in Cincinnati saying to him, "Get out of town, mm-hmm. or they'll find you in the Ohio River or something." Ooh, like that. so he's from Ohio. Originally. So he's from. Uh, well, actually, I think my father was born in Kentucky. Ah, and then grew up in Cincinnati, one across the river, and then moved to D.C. Gotcha, as most people did. There the it is. Yeah, yeah. So huh. uh, my mother was born in. Uh, uh, I, well, actually, I think especially with what's going on now, I think it's important to go back one generation beyond that just very quickly. Mm-hmm. My mother's mother was born in Palestine. Huh. Uh, and her folks had emigrated there mm-hmm. having, as the version I got, having been tricked by Zionists yeah. to leave Belarus. Whoa. To help populate the new, yeah. what would eventually become Israel. Yeah. And once they got there and realized that Palestinians were cool. Yeah, that these were that that my folks were not religious. Yeah, uh, and wanted a different kind of world. They were thrown out. Oh, they, so meaning they were told to leave the Jews, the the elite Jews who were building in what was then Palestine yeah. for an eventual Israel. Apparently, did not like my great grandparents' version, uh, great grandfather, great grandparents' version of. Uh, atheism, socialism, and uh, solidarity with Palestinians. Huh. And because my grandmother was born in Palestine, she yeah. considered herself to be part of the those people. So, ah. so for her, it wasn't, huh. you know, th- there shouldn't have been, you know. So she, they, so they moved to New York uh-huh. and, and my mother is born Pre there. or post-Nakba? Pre. Oh, okay. So this is, this is, yeah. So this is all pre-Nakba. This is all... Uh, my grandmother was born in the late 1800s. They moved to New York City in the 1920s. Oh, way, way back. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and my mother's born in 1933 in Bronx and raised in Brooklyn before it became, you know, she still remembers horse-drawn buggies and wow. unpaved streets and they didn't have indoor plumbing. And I always tell people, if you really want to get an idea of where they, how she grew up, look at the film, um, Once Upon a Time in America. Hmm, hmm. The Jews in the ghetto there were, wow. were you know, the, the anyway, that, that's a good cinematic depiction of how they lived. Uh-huh. And um, uh, and her brother ended up running liquor for Meyer Lansky. And huh. you know, so this is an interesting strand of that history too. My stars. Uh-huh. Um, so then my mother comes down to DC. For what? Um, School. That part I'm not really clear on. Oh, or did she know about chocolate? She ah. that could be a version. That's interesting. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. She was she did see herself as part of the civil rights movement, sure. and her older brother had been part of the labor struggle long in event, and, and he even got snatched up by the FBI. There's huh. a whole COINTELPRO pre COINTELPRO assault on my uncle for his labor organizing. Wow. Uh, I think she just wanted to, I don't know what brought her, I'm still never really clear on that part of the history. So the Chocolate oh. City thing may have been, you know, it, <laughs> it may have been, you know, something about the civil rights struggle uh-huh. uh, that was she was very much interested in. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure what that was all about. Okay. Um, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm wrong. Her older, her younger sister, <laughs> that's funny. Her younger sister had fell in love with a black man mm-hmm. and moved down to DC, mm-hmm. and that's how she ended up in DC. Okay, she so was there was first. City. She was like, "I'm about to, I'm finna find me a man." So it was, uh-huh. it, was it was interesting. So, so she meets my father. They have, you know, they, you know, a, where a, do they meet? 
How did they that meet? that part? I don't know. I don't. Or at least oh, I don't remember they never that told story. You? Well, I didn't. So by the time I was born, my father. By the time I was uh, old enough to know anything, my father they had divorced. Oh, okay. So okay. my mother and father were together. They they married briefly and were divorced. Uh, they were on the way to divorce by the time I was, I think, even born. Wow. And then my father and and um, kind of exited my life mm-hmm. uh, right around the time I was maybe one or two years old. Oh wow. Okay. Uh, directly at least. You uh-huh. know, he, he you know he did. I mean he you know anyway he he did some. Uh, he was around. He 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 helped out uh-huh. with some things, you know, to make sure I was taken care of. Uh-huh. Um, because uh, again, my mother didn't have a job, so she she at least had health care and a house, an apartment at least, a uh-huh. place to live, you know, in in uh, in DC. So, mm-hmm. and then it was it. So anyway, that was, I think I don't know. If, is there more? Was there more to that story that was necessary? Yes, of course there was more to that. Well, I don't story. know. I can't. Oh, I can't remember. So anyway. they. So you were. You were. By the time. Okay, your parents met. Yeah. They started kicking it. Yeah. They cool. Mm-hmm. They get married, but by the time you were born, like things are kind of on the rocks, right. and they're either headed for divorce or they're in the process of divorcing. Basically, yeah. Dad is around, but he's not like in the home. Not with us, no. You are. You're one of how many? Well, I'm my mother's only son. Okay. I am my father's second son and third child so i had uh uh, my my half sister uh unfortunately passed away last year Mm um and my my half brother uh is still around both of them became prominent members of the nation of islam Ah. uh so uh um uh and uh uh, Did they grow up in DC as well? They grew up in DC, um, Howard University as well. Ah. Um, although I'm not, I'm not entirely sure how I, I know they started there. I'm not entirely sure how things ended, uh-huh. but but uh, uh, but absolutely. And um, uh, and then they also you know went all over the place. My brother, I think, is back around in. Um, I think he's back around the DC Baltimore area. He he ran the Baltimore Mosque for a time as oh. well. Um, and, uh, uh, anyway, my, my sister and her husband had a prominent career in the nation as well. Mm. Uh, and, um, anyway, but my, anyway, but the, but the, the funny part about that is that the mythology against that I was raised with was that my father is a, 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 a like a heavy socialist, communist, mm-hmm. atheist, mm-hmm. You know, he was never really thrilled with the Nation of Islam, politically mm. or religiously. He mm-hmm. was never really thrilled with, uh, um, you know, necessarily, uh, uh, you know, other formations that 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 they or I would have been a part of either. But uh-huh. but uh, um, it was that that sort of um, it was the time. Yeah, that, you know. So 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 yeah. your mother didn't work outside of the house the whole time you were growing up. No, or just zero to I, only five. no, no, and and just and her whole thing was always the first four years of my life. She she didn't have a job, mm-hmm. so she she always said it was the best time of her life. It was just the you know basically the two of us, uh-huh. and uh, she was you know my father provided enough for the apartment, yeah. and uh, you know what what you know. did he do for work? He was he worked with AFSME, uh-huh. uh, the uh, I always forget the full acronym, but the it's the the one of the big uh, the American Federated Municipal Employees Union. It's I forget the whole state mm-hmm. municipal employees something, something, but it's one of the bigger unions yeah, in yeah. the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was also a co-founder of the Coalition of Black Trade Unionists. Ah. Uh, and, uh, so he had a, he had a good union job. So again, not a revolutionary, you know, thing, but he had a good union job, which is again, had benefits. Uh, 
uh, a decent salary. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, so, so for those first four years, then after that, my mother, you know, we, she, she was, uh, she took the invitation out to Columbia, Maryland, mm -hmm. the planned community famously. Mm -hmm. uh, and where I joke, it's literal, but I joke about growing up in section eight, suburban section eight. Yeah. So it was literal section eight housing. Yeah. $14 a month, Ooh. but you got a two bedroom apartment with yep. a little balcony and yep. central air conditioning yep. and tree lined suburban streets, yep. et cetera, and so forth. So everybody in our neighborhood was basically black and poor mm -hmm. from either Baltimore or DC, mm -hmm. but we were in. You were in nice accommodations. There we go. Yeah. So, um, and then she worked uh, at least one, if not two, if not even three jobs mm -hmm. for most of uh, my upbringing. Uh -huh. And, um, that was it. Did you so growing up with your white Jewish mother? Mm -hmm. Did you in in from zero to five? Like, mm -hmm. do, did you? What was it like for you? Was it like I am a I am a black child in a black city growing up, <laughs> or was it just kind of like, ah, you know, I'm I'm a human, and you know, my parents don't look alike, but you know, here I am in the middle of this like crazy time in what kind of was a crazy city at the time. Like how like what was that like? For you growing up i mean i think a lot of it is just like everybody you don't you know necessarily think about everything hmm. that clearly sure. and you don't necessarily think of anything that you experience as being either you know i mean abnormal or normal. Hmm. it's just it's but it's like know. you weren't like bully you know how you know how what's his name what's that comedian who's from dc he was on a living color skinny black guy. like he was adopted by white kids uh Tommy Tommy Davidson? Davidson? Yeah. No. Like he was like he said he used to get beat up all the time because like his you know, his oh, parents no. were white and oh, but he was no. black in DC at the time. Well, I mean, look, I don't know exactly how he grew up or where he grew up mm. or 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 what his hands were like. <laughs> ah, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> like maybe he was No no no, I'm just playing. Uh because I was certainly <laughs> I was certainly no thug or anything like that. But uh, but but no, I I didn't have it initially there was look, no friction is what I'm, I'm trying to get at like i wouldn't say that uh -huh. i just thought at the very beginning i think i just thought everything was sort of normal and then okay. obviously you start i started having questions like i said uh -huh. i was i was you know not quite this fair at mm -hmm. the time mm -hmm. so i start. i remember asking at one point my mother if i was adopted uh -huh. I, you know because i could see people staring uh -huh. you start to pick up on the social cues uh -huh. you know like people looking you know and then i would look at myself and look at my mother and mm -hmm. look at other people and their parents mm -hmm. i'm like <laughs> they look just like their parents right there's a clear difference here yeah, yeah, yeah. um and then even if i had seen a picture with me and my father who was who was very dark skin, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, i would have thought the same thing like, sure how did i get to be this complexion right like right. compared to my mother i might be but compared to him i'm very light as well so how the hell did i get you know mm -hmm. but um uh, and at the time in the in the 70s and 80s, this mm -hmm. whole multiracial mix thing wasn't as prevalent, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. So so when I remember look from very early age, I remember this sister and, and, and we were playing outside and she I don't remember how we got there because I don't. But apparently a, a, a debate had occurred. Mm -hmm. uh, and I remember watching kids debate like where I was to be categorized. Mm -hmm. And I remember she put she dark skin sisters. I remember she put her arm around me. and She said, no, nah, he's clearly with us. Like, huh. she's, And that has always that memory has always sort of stuck. Why? Um, well, because because eventually growing up and even certainly to this day, mm -hmm. people are always asking, well, uh, why do you have certain preferences? Why do you have certain politics? Preferences um, like what? Well, either with dating uh -huh. or politics. What are like, your preferences? What were you? I mean, you're married now, but what were your preferences with dating? No white girls. 
Oh, so, like absolutely no, not. No, and in fact, I remember, I mean, I even sat my mother and her sister down, her, her <laughs> late sister, all, all respect, dude, rest in peace, uh-huh. Judy, I love her to death, but but I sat them down. In fact, it was in, I was in the Navy at the time and they uh-huh. came to visit and they sat down and, and we had a discussion. And I remember, because over my... There's a lot of I'm, I'm think I'm skipping a lot of context, but over the years, my mother was was very aggressive in in saying uh, she was a proponent of the biracial label, which I always struggled with. Huh. But she was also very aggressive in saying you have a black family, mm-hmm. you have a black tradition. Mm-hmm. You know, she read, you know, I mean, on the bookshelves just naturally was, you know, Malcolm. And, right. and you know, I mean, so I would, you know, Fanon and and. Mm-hmm. You know, she had, you know, I mean, she was she supported the pants. I mean, she was she was like that kind of. Yeah. And there's anyway, there's more to that as well. But but obviously, but but um, so she was always like if if if, if the toys didn't have a black character and uh-huh. she would write the company and be like, get the uh, black ones. And whereas, uh-huh. you know, she was always she like, was like a black white mama. She was trying to do, yeah. you know, yeah. she was trying to and she would point out things yeah, and she yeah, would yeah. try to, you know, and, and, you know, she did the best she could. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so she would ask me at times, I remember as a kid, she said, well, how come all your friends are black? Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, at the time I was like, I mean, I'm just, you know, and then a couple years later Mm -hmm. through, you know, through a a variety of moves and shifts, uh, uh, she asked, she said, well, why are all your friends white? Hmm. And I said, look, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I'm just going here and I'm going there. And that's who I, you know, that's yeah, this is how I'm rolling right now. So she was always trying to figure out like and try to, you know, assert a balance when she thought it was necessary, whatever. So when she started, you know, involved or seeing the women that were coming around yeah, yeah. or she was, you know, wanting to find out, you know, eventually when her grandkids were going to get <laughs> sure, in, she was sure. like, you know, and we had this conversation and she once said, she, she said something like, I have this fantasy of you with your, your 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 wife and your tweed coat was a big thing for her. She, you know, ah. she always did want me to be a professor, oddly, but she sure. was like the tweed coat and the pipe and all this. Mm-hmm. But then somehow the the what kind of wife mm-hmm. came up, uh-huh. and I was just in, you know, and 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 I just said, I you know, I said, I, I do need you all to understand, like she gonna be black. There won't be, uh, there, there will be no white women. Like I'm making a very political, sure. like I don't believe in, like I'm not one of those who say there are no white women I find attractive physically sure, or sure, I can't, sure. you know, think are intelligent or funny or whatever. Yeah. But I was making a very, uh, I'm not going to. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. Okay. So, and then when both of them made a face, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to, I had to remind them yeah. like, Neither you ended up with white men either. Yeah, so actually, like, uh, so you kind of you get it. Don't don't you know, like don't you can't. What are you right, gonna say? You right, know. So right. you uh, think she was offended or she? I don't think she was offended. I think she was more shocked that you were so direct about that, it. Or not even that. I would, you know, we were very direct family, okay. but shocked that I would have reached that sort of um, conclusion. That that, hmm. that definitive a conclusion. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because um, was that a political choice for you at the time? Oh yeah. Why? I mean, Explain what you mean by that. Well, and it, at that time I was still younger, so it was and it wasn't as maybe sophisticated as I might, I don't know, make a version of it today. But mm-hmm. at the time, I, I was simply thinking I didn't want my children to go through any of what I thought I had had gone through. Which was which was this uh, question of identity, this ah. question of place. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Or being questioned, uh, even if you, even when I was clear where yeah. I, you know, I didn't want them to have to deal with that. So I it became a big deal uh-huh. at that time, particularly mm-hmm. as a younger man. Mm-hmm. Uh, later in life, I would come to realize there's nothing I can do about it one mm-hmm. way or the other. Right. Uh, uh, I, and I didn't want to also extend, I, I was clear at the time also, I don't want to extend whiteness. Uh, I don't want to extend any, I don't want to help perpetuate. Mm-hmm. I don't want to help 
I don't want to help. I don't want to have to deal with the family mm-hmm. of this potential white wife. Uh, I don't want to have to involve my child with that family. Uh, you know, like I was clear, maybe an individual white person could this, that, or the other, but yeah. a, a, a institutionally huh. whiteness for me. Huh. You know, so was, anyway, that's what I was thinking. You know, okay. um, interesting. Hmm. And then you know, but later it was really just it just became what my mother always said: if you do what you love, mm-hmm. your partner will you know emerge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So as I became you know sort of a black radical grassroots activist, mm-hmm. not a lot of white women in those spaces. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know the idea. You know the 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 chance that I would fall and you know meet and fall. Blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Uh, but then I did. I I you know even from that point on, even if I did find myself in a place where I might, you know, I met a woman who I might see potentially could develop. I would immediately. It's like nope. We're not going to even start this. We're not going to work together. Uh-huh. We're not going to, you know, because I'm not going to, I'm just not going to, huh. it's just not going to happen. I got so, you. Interesting. Uh, and then the one time, I will say the one time that in college, <laughs> a white girl uh-huh. approached me. And yeah, was yeah. Very, she said, I've, I'm infatuated. Like, I want you. Mm-hmm. Like, what's up? Yeah. And I was like, no. Like, straight like, up. You just, straight up, no. you didn't even, okay. All right. So, and that was like probably the, the, the greatest test of it because uh-huh. she was very aggressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And she was not unattractive. Yeah. She was, so she, you know, but I was like, it's not going to happen. Well, you just, like, we're so, not doing that. We're not doing that. Okay. So. Even anyway. though you, well, you had a white mother, you couldn't even. So, but, th- so you, so there is that, but I, I do have to add the caveat. And I understand how this sounds to a lot of folks. Yeah. But, so I don't, I, and I, and I get it. But, but, my mother was raised in an era and by a set of Jews who did not see themselves as white. Yeah. Because they weren't white until like 1950 or 60 in this country. And now, and as and as her version was, she didn't realize she was white until she met my father. And uh, he and his crew were like, no right. sister girl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that old Chris Rock joke. We don't have time to differentiate yeah. Jews. White, you know, it's all white. Right, it's all right. Uh, but, so, but within that, you know, but, but in her household, it was really taken to heart. Uh-huh. So, so she grew up in Fort Greene projects. She was always around black and brown and poor people. Mm-hmm. Um, her mother, my grandmother was an activist, a labor organizer as mm-hmm. well. You know, like they, they didn't, they didn't mess with Gentiles like that. They mm-hmm. didn't mess with, 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 uh, uh, religious or, or certainly rabbinical elite Orthodox Jews. Uh-huh. Like they have, they were like, we're not. You know, I remember we moved to 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 Maryland, and somebody asked my mother, "Well, how come you're not involved with the Jewish community?" And mm-hmm. I, in my presence, she made sure to answer it. In my presence, she said, "Because they're all bougie, elite, and orthodox, and mm. liberal." Ah. And she grew up when liberal was was soft, like yeah. progressives meant communists yeah, yeah. and socialists, yeah. not <laughs> you know left wing Democrats. Yeah. Like, so so I did really grow up with some. That's what I meant when I said these these positive mythologies that. I understand that there's it's a lot more complicated. It's a lot more nuanced. It's obviously as you get get older, you see some things differently. But but that's how I was raised. So so for me to say, uh, you know, to be raised by a white woman, mm-hmm. to be born to and raised by a white woman, to say I'm not going to end up with a white woman mm-hmm. was not a thing. Yeah. Um, uh, in in it. I don't know. Is this a logical to me? Is this all a logical conclusion no, yeah. of of uh, outgrowth of how I was raised? Huh. Um, but I recognize now, especially now, how uh, um, unorthodox mm. that upbringing is, even sure. in, in the context of Jews, yeah, uh, who by now I think fully accept themselves or want to be 
accepted as white. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, were you, were you, were you keenly aware of your, your parents' ideologies or politics as a child growing up? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what it meant. What, how do you think you understood it as a child? I mean, all the buzzwords were good words. So like pan-Africanism, nationalism, socialism, communism, um, you know, revolution, even guerrilla warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these were positive concepts. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. they were not <laughs> atheism. Yeah. You know, I mean, these were all. Um, and I didn't, it, it, you know, so the, more than the shock of of my identity was the political shock in entering the world because uh. I didn't realize how few people agreed with that. Like uh. I was like, for me to say I had a white mother was really shocking. Like uh-huh. most people didn't believe it yeah, yeah. Or, or would assume I was adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I didn't feel like I got picked on so much for that. Mm-hmm. I think my issues were more about my temperament, my, you know, my, my attitude, my, What you know, was your temperament and your attitude? I mean, were you just like hell on wheels? Angry, short-tempered. Why do you uh, think you were so loud? angry? I mean, looking back now, I think, you know, it's all the basic, all the basics. Uh, you know, my father wasn't there. You know, mm-hmm. uh, there probably were questions of identity. I mm-hmm. didn't wasn't thinking about it at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whatever. I don't know. Being, you know, we didn't have any money. Mm-hmm. And as I got older, I started to realize how, how, because growing up in Colombia, you you grow up right next to people with more money. A lot of money, yeah. So, so you end up, and I know that was part of their social experiment, but when you, it, 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 I don't know, it, it, I remember creating something in me when I would start to see other people's houses. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, damn, what mm. is going, you know, like. <laughs> Do you, did your mom's people have money and she just, she chose the, no. the harder life? No, okay. my mother. So that was, I mean, my joke is always, I was born to the, to the last broke Jew, but, <laughs> but, but. <laughs> But the real, I mean, but the reality actually is mm-hmm. that that despite the mythology or the 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 propaganda, not every Jew is rich. Yeah. So correct. and and particularly at this time, my mother's people were very poor. Hmm. Um, and because my mother's specifically this narrow wing of my mother's family uh, adhered to a certain politics, mm-hmm. they never you know, uh, grew out of that or uh, emerged. So there are, I would come to learn later, there are people in my mother's family who are are, are very rich. Uh, but we're not, we were never in touch. We were never really, you uh, know, they weren't the immediate family. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were always, you know, the- Y'all ain't fuck with them super- the No, long not way. at all. Uh-huh. In fact, I mean, we don't know each other. I don't know uh, them, I I, you know- I so I, like, and that's the other thing, it, part of my own political development or, or, or even racial con- self-concept is that my mother is a Jew, but I didn't grow up in, I didn't have a Jewish experience. Yeah. Like I didn't grow up in, in the temple and I didn't, you know, I did have a bar mitzvah, Oh wow! but that was a, a, a totally fraudulent. Uh, what do you mean? You know, well, because I because there was a white a Jewish kid on, uh, on my soccer team, and I went. He, I got invited to his bar mitzvah, mm-hmm. and I saw all the money and gifts he got, <laughs> and I said, "Wait a minute, hey, hey, now." <laughs> I said, "I can technically do this." Yeah. <laughs> so we did a, a a whole like I told my mother, and she was like, "Really? You want?" <laughs> she you, was like, "You want to?" It was right. like. It was already late. Like I was already late in terms of uh, the age wise. Uh, well, I was going to be because I hadn't. I hadn't gone through any of the training, yeah. and I, I never went to synagogue. Yeah, we didn't Hebrew do any school. of that stuff. I didn't yeah. do Hebrew school, so we had to do like a quick, quick crash course. <laughs> Somebody taught me to memorize what I had to. I didn't never learn how to read, and I ran up there. But the problem was, and I learned this late, was that 
the reason he got all that money mm-hmm. and gifts was because he had money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so when it came time for me to get all of mine, yeah, I was I, a little different. And honestly, it caused a problem. Yeah. I was like, where's my, sh-? Right. like, like basically my attitude. Right. And my mother was like, what do you, like, she was like, we how dare you? No, like, poor we don't people. have no money. You're <laughs> right. What did you think was going to happen? It doesn't just sprout out of nowhere. I was like, I thought it was automatic. Well, he got X amount. I should get X amount. That's right. I want to check the same boxes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so, all due respect to Jews, I, I feel guilty to this day on some level that I was so fraudulent. It, so fraudulent. Uh, and what I always used to think, it, what I now look back with more humor is that, I, and I've always thought that this said something, was that, you know, the yarmulke never stayed on my head. Like it, it, needed, it, like it never really fit. Like uh-huh. the, the, my afro, my hair, the time never. Like it, my mother had to literally put pins to hold the thing <laughs> on there. So I always thought. Now looking back, I think that there was, there's a, there's a metaphor That's in there. Right. There's a statement in That's there. Right. You know, uh, <laughs> you know anyway. the afro too big for it's a too big. Yeah. My, my bluish memoir. There Jared it is. Abel. Thank you for that. There it is. Coming in 2024. <laughs> Oh, why are you like this? Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so okay. What was what was the biggest difference that you remember or you were, you can mm-hmm. recall between living in DC and then moving to Columbia in this in like suburban Section Eight housing? Uh, I mean, honestly, you know, I was probably too young in DC, and my versions in DC were 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 kind of jacked up because, in the sense that. Um, I mean, we weren't there long. Mm. We we so for me, the differences were exacerbated because I remember the last house we lived in. Mm-hmm. We left the apartment that I was born into, mm-hmm. and then somehow we moved in. I think my mother was honestly trying just to stay somehow in Northwest, but uh. didn't have the money, so yeah. we lived in a white woman who had adopted two Asian girls. Mm. We lived in her attic. Mm. That's the memory. I, that's one of the last memories of DC that I have. Uh-huh. And then we ended up uh, moving out to Columbia. So the, the only real differences, honestly, I don't really remember any differences because the the size of the apartments were about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Columbia felt much better because it wasn't in an attic. Mm-hmm. And but I'm saying socially, you didn't feel a difference. Like not not initially because okay. in because the the immediate neighborhood in Columbia was populated by as many dc and baltimore black residents as i was living next to in dc and you know so like my when i went outside except for i think there was one i think there was a white kid in this initial group in dc maybe Mm -hmm. because it was me this other mixed kid who was also half jewish or and 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 these two continental africans that was my very first crew Mm -hmm. like this nigerian family Mm -hmm. and but when so initially but then racially at least phenotypically when i went outside in columbia Mm -hmm. everybody looked the same i see as they did in dc i see um and because the only white people in that neighborhood was my mother and the other white woman in the building that had her mixed black black kid (laughs) who was my who became my best friend interesting yeah huh did you so did you did you have Mm, describe what type of student you were. I'm asking specifically if you had difficulty, particularly in like maybe your social science classes or history classes coming from this like a, a, a radical, uh, a radical socialist household and then kind of being indoctrinated into what at the time was a lot of like Cold War jingoism. Mm. Like did did that 
was that am i imagining that am i projecting like or did that happen for you in school i don't think it was that conscious i was just a bad student i was just bad how bad i was i mean i was just i didn't study i didn't do homework mm-hmm. i constantly I, I i would be there i didn't skip class yeah but i was irreverent mm-hmm. i i was always talking mm-hmm. i was always trying to crack jokes i was always trying to were was, you bored i was bo- always bored mm-hmm. and was and, it too was work too easy so it was just like uh whatever i don't know whatever. sometimes you know i know I, well, I think sometimes it was the case of it being too easy. And then I think in the case of, of uh, some other areas, particularly in math, it was too hard. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just not. But the the, the political conflicts, I don't think, I weren't conscious in terms of how they played out in class. Mm-hmm. I'm more conscious of how they played out socially amongst my peers. Which was? So like, I remember vividly, you know, like when Reagan got elected, mm-hmm. it was like this tremendous you know, nightmarish, traumatic experience in our house. Like, really? Yeah, I remember. In analogous at all to like Trump being getting absolutely. elected? Absolutely. Ah, I remember, okay. you know, my mother, my mother's reaction to Reagan being elected was very similar to, I think, the way um, a lot of uh, 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 folks reacted to Trump, mm-hmm. except that, except with a different level of substance, I would, maybe my bias is showing up because, no, you know, no, a lot no, of- No, 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 you're, you well, talking good, go ahead. Well, because uh-huh. hers was born out of, like, I know this man. Yeah. I know him as a bad actor. Yep. And my mother was, you know, herself a, a theatrical actress uh-huh. in, in New York. Uh-huh. And, and, you know, she, Cicely Tyson just passed. My mother took a class with her back wow. in the day. So, you know, you know, my mother met and 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 danced with Paul Robeson. My mm-hmm. you know my mother you know like you know she she you know went to uh, King's you know she did the white liberal march to King's uh, funeral and yeah. went to the march on Washington. She did all these different things. Yeah, but she knew Reagan as a bad actor. She mm-hmm. knew him as a bad an anti socialist. Well, even before that, as mm-hmm. an anti socialist spokesperson. Ah. Then as a bad governor, yeah. attacking uh, the Panthers and, and labor unionists yep. and all kinds of folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then to see him- I see, ascend to the highest. She was like, wait a minute. How did this happen? Because this is even worse than some corny you know, game show, talk show, yeah. you know, yeah. celebrity, By you know, whatever. Because he had a track record. Of actual horrific yes. politics. Right. Not you know, Trump was just more- Symbolic. Yeah. Uh, Not that there was, so, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I just remember. So, so, but when I would go to school mm-hmm. and be like, "Oh man," you know, other kids or their parents, especially, be like, "Oh well, Reagan is, you know, mm-hmm. this is a good thing." Yeah, you know, he's or, a great communicator. Or I remember atheism was a big deal. I remember, you know, like uh, you know, you're out there. I remember vividly in elementary school, we were out, we were being lined up to go back inside because mm-hmm. the thunder was coming. Mm-hmm. And one of the kids next to me said, "Oh, that's because God is up there bowling." Mm. And I was like, "What?" <laughs> and he said, "Yeah, that's what my." And he was serious. He said, "Yeah, that's what my 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 parents told me. That's God up there, you know." And I was like, "That's ridiculous. There's no God." <laughs> like I was just, I was like, "You believe in God?" Like, I was like aggressive with it. Like, oh, like as a I don't kid. like how. Yeah, as a kid. Because mm-hmm. I was because because I thought atheism was normal. I yeah, thought yeah, socialism yeah. was normal. Yeah. I thought everybody loved Che and everybody's parents read Malcolm and everybody's parents had Fanon on the shelf. And like, I was like, yeah, no, I didn't know. Sure. But did that kind of turn you into a little bit of, were you an outcast or were you derided for that? Were you? No, again, not consciously. Nobody said we're outcasting Jared because he's a radical. It Mm -hmm. was because I didn't, um, 
it was I think whatever whatever I was going through was 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 uh I don't know was was um manifesting inappropriately. Ah, I see. So I think I mean to the extent that I was outcasted, I deserved it. Like mm-hmm. I was, you know, um even by accident. Mm-hmm. And even when I say deserve it, I mean by the institution itself had to, to marginalize me because even by accident, I was representing something uh, that is is untenable. What is that something? Uh, um, not easily put in a box, not yeah. easily accepting dominant narratives of of race, of history, of of political, uh, of politics, political economy, mm. of of you know who the who who we're supposed to be enamored by. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wasn't encouraged to, you know, I was, you know, it wasn't like my, it was a dogmatic situation. It just was, I wasn't encouraged mm-hmm. if I said, oh, I like that athlete mm-hmm. or I like that, you know, rock star. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. But do you like, you know, but you really should like mm-hmm. Malcolm or you really should like this, you know, uh, analyst or mm-hmm. you really should like unions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's okay to like Michael Jackson and Prince, but you really should like uh, Paul Robeson. Right? I see, I see. It was, that was that kind of thing. So, mm-hmm. so, um, but, but w- the way it would manifest for me with other people would be, you know, uh, brash or sometimes arrogant mm. or just an angry outburst mm. or, or just a goofy, corny, um, you know, um, socially awkward presentation. Ah, I see. So people were just like, mm, okay. but you did have friends. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't mean to overdo it here. No, I mean, no, I just, no, just want to. But make sure there was that in crowd. Yeah, yeah. Where everybody's cool yeah. and everybody likes them. Right. That was not me. Gotcha. And then there was, you know, then there was, you know, I, like I don't know. I, I, I was always too athletic to be a nerd. I mm-hmm. was always too uh, willing to fight to be, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, a pushover. Mm-hmm. But I was never cool enough to be like one of the cool yeah. Like if we're having a party, cool Jared kid. has to be there. It was never ah, like that. Gotcha, it was like gotcha, if he gotcha. shows up, eh, yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> right. Maybe we'll let it ride, huh? You know. But do you um what? What what were the most what were some you said you you recalled the election um, of Reagan, but what were some of the most formative kind of like political events that you remember growing up that like like you that are indelible? The political ones. Oh, man, that's a good question. Political um, and or social. Well, one of the I mean, there's always the one where I, I guess it would have been around. I don't know. I guess this is fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, this white kid said, "You're a nigger, but not like other niggers." Wow! And I just remember that. I always remember that because he never meant it as an insult. <laughs> they never do. Uh huh. But, but I always took it as one because I always, I even unconsciously, I always rejected the invitation to to be identified outside of, of uh, blackness because of my white mother. Uh, so I never was like if if, if it was always. I, I never phrased it this way, even mm-hmm. in my own head. But it was like, if 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 my father isn't welcome, mm-hmm. then then my mother's presence, uh, you know, uh, doesn't make me feel any better either. Right. You know what I mean, so right. Um, what do you what do you what was the context fact, for that kid saying that to you? I don't even remember. We were just outside playing, and I think it was just one of those things where it was like, you know, because this would happen all the time if I was with with, uh, uh, you know, only another white kid or just white kids. Mm-hmm with no other black kids, mm-hmm. 
it was there was always you know there would be there's the the questions of you know like you know why do black people like big cars or let's you know <laughs> you know your let's look at your skin and your hair mm-hmm. but it, and compare it to you know so it'd be like it, so it would start with that like An examination you're darker than us and your hair is different from us but our other black friends you're not quite like them uh-huh. uh and we call them niggers you know so like <laughs> you're a nigger but not like other niggers wow. and i was just like and i remember i remember i had a hostile response yeah. and that that moment ended uh-huh. so like whatever i said ended that we we walked away or uh-huh. left each other uh-huh uh, but it, it, but it, as a, as a, also as a metaphor, it just always has, has been, you know, invitations to walk away from my blackness. Mm-hmm. I've always rejected. Or at least keep it arm's length. Or to suppress it yeah, or to suggest yeah. that I'm somehow better yeah, for, for whatever whiteness I get from my mother. Yeah, like I yeah, never, yeah. I was like, I was like, mm. and then, then similar, that was a, a story that, that interestingly, my mother more recently in, in, in her you know, devolving, um, you know, dementia state mm-hmm. remembers differently, but, but the version, that's why I keep saying I grew up on mythology, some positive, some, you know, mm-hmm. but, but mostly positive mythologies. And one of them I got, you know, she told me that at one point, one of her grand, one of her mother's sisters mm-hmm. had invited her to visit mm-hmm. in Virginia or something like that. Mm-hmm. But said, "Don't bring your newborn black son because mm. that's not going to go well, or something like that." Well, I'm sorry, then he, I'm not going to be there. Which was exactly Dog. the point. Yeah, and and my mother's mother said that, like, what, like, what are you talking right. about? She's not going to leave her kid at home, and and that's my grandson. Yeah, like, right. <laughs> what are you What are you saying? Yeah. So if he can't come, we're not coming. So I always remembered that. So and it was so it, for me, it, I would just always, you know, obviously want to add my father, and yep. then obviously his people to that. So yeah. it was like, well, if I can't come, then he can't come, and they can't come, then nobody's coming. Yeah, that's right. Or if we show up, and this would evolve later, if we show up, it's going to be under different circumstances it might be to right <laughs> deal with you, you differently yeah so. yeah yeah huh so so uh anyway yeah i forgot where i was even supposed to be going with that but that oh you know the key political so so there was political that, and social yeah uh little things like that then the the, the 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 i already told you the one with the sister in the in the, in the parking lot of mm-hmm. our of our apartment complex mm-hmm. and you know he's with us mm-hmm. i always remember that i was i'll never forget i don't remember who she is or where she went but mm-hmm. i'll never forget her for doing that mm-hmm. and um but other things like I remember the Yusuf Hawkins case mm. in New York, mm. and, and for those who weren't around in the eighties, I mean, this was this was our like Sean Bell or Troy Davis mm. or Oscar Grant mm. or or or, or any keep going of Eric yeah. Gardner and, and on and on, like that was, uh, uh, the, you know, the brother uh, falsely accused of trying to date a white girl in an Italian neighborhood in in, in Bensonhurst, New York, and they kill him. Mm-hmm. The Italian, the, the white boys kill him. Mm-hmm. And it got picked up by a lot of rappers, you yep. know, were, you know, would reference it. And then hip hop itself, you mm-hmm. know, politicized me, mm. um, you know, the early days, the early days, uh, for sure. Uh, um, actually it still does in certain c- c- circumstances to this day, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I, I, uh, and I just started hearing the messages mm-hmm. and, and a lot of little things like, you know, so even when, as I said, my brother and sister, uh, uh, are in the nation of Islam. Mm-hmm. Whenever, whether it was in early hip hop or I would hear a reference or even when I would hear a reference to the NOI in a negative context, mm-hmm. I would always think, well, they can't be that bad because yeah. my brother's in there, my sister's yeah. in there. They yeah. can't be that. So like, um, you know, we don't agree necessarily politically today, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying just in terms of, of 
you know, key moments. And as I think you were asking, you know, that, that were key elements that, um, uh, this happened, I, I don't know, I was already pretty politicized by this point, but I, w- I guess I would also have to include the uh, uh, Rodney King incident. Mm. Um, although that was pretty much like a, the proverbial last straw for me. I was uh, already pretty much there, uh, but but that when I saw that kick off, I was like, I was on the team that was like, burn it all. I was yeah. like, everything, flame Fuck it, it up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, I don't know. There, there are probably some others I could think of, but mm-hmm. but those were those were. Um, I don't know. Those are probably key moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. At like in your in your teenage years you know around high school mm-hmm. time were you ah no i don't want to ask that question yet were you how did you understand did you have an understanding of class growing up oh yeah absolutely that, i mean that was what that was, was your understanding at the, the time again my, my mother and family you know her family and my father come mm-hmm. out of the labor struggle yeah so i was raised in that so mm-hmm. i was raised with movement labor movement histories mm-hmm. uh every everything from you know you uh, uh to this day you mm-hmm. you tip people well you you know you never uh snitching in my house this is this is actually a good question um the concept of snitching in my house was uh, always associated with uh labor organizing hmm. don't snitch on the people trying to organize unions ah not protect the murderer in your community or yeah. whatever but but uh um don't snitch uh, to the boss don't snitch to the bosses don't huh. snitch to the feds huh. don't snitch to the state huh. uh so again i was raised with this very we are working people tell me how you understood your family to be in the context of the particularly the community in columbia is it that we are working people and we don't have a lot of money and we are poor and there are people around us who who have more not because they deserve it but you know by luck of birth or they do deserve it and they have more like tell me how you how you always never that. deserve it it uh-huh. was it was again and i don't want to i don't want to give a false like i didn't grow up in this again this dogmatic everything was a lecture house yeah. it was just um again con- just just the general you know ether mm-hmm. was was were these politics so mm-hmm. it was always so um, you never fe- you didn't internalize the 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 negative aspects of like material dispossession you didn't internalize that to mean like you know i am not good enough or smart enough i don't think so my mother is not working hard enough or that or you know they have more and therefore you know they are more fill in the blank you didn't no i don't think so Mm -hmm. i mean i've never gone through a full set of therapy on this which (laughs) maybe i need to but 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 uh from my perspective it was always in something i'd part to my children to this day that mm-hmm. that what we don't have that others have has been stolen ah they did you know and i saw my mother again the first four years of my life where she did not work mm-hmm. i did not i wasn't conscious for so uh-huh. my conscious life my mother was always working yeah, yeah, yeah uh at least one if not multiple jobs mm-hmm. and and for not a lot of money mm-hmm. so in my experience was She's always gone when I get up in the morning. Mm-hmm. She's almost always gone or busy or exhausted when I come home. Mm-hmm. And we don't have any money. Mm-hmm. And when I sometimes see some of these other kids who mm-hmm. have single family homes and two parents, mm-hmm. they all seem to be relaxed and mm-hmm. well rested. Yep. They always seem to have a lot of time. Mm-hmm. They're always going on trips. So I'm like, how? Did, uh, so it did start to evolve. Like, <laughs> it can't be the harder you work, the right. more you have. Right. There has to be something I'm missing here. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, and my mother, you know, I, we wouldn't teach it or lecture, but I would see, 
you know, um, Marx's, uh, you know, the Communist Manifesto on the shelf. Huh. I would see, um, you know, um, I don't know, you know, something on the labor movement on this. Mm-hmm. So there would just be, or there would be a reference, or, or my mother would say, you know, we should see a movie like Meituan when it came out in the 80s, mm-hmm. I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, a film about the labor movement history. And we mm-hmm. should see films like The Killing Floor and stuff like, so she would... It was your movies about the labor struggle yeah, yeah. Um, and race within the labor struggle at mm-hmm. that. So, so I don't know. So like, I you know, I would go to school on Monday and be like, yeah, you know, what did you, oh yeah, we went and saw, you know, Porky's and I'd be like, okay, <laughs> and, and what would you do? Well, my mother took me, we went and saw Maytuan, like, <laughs> uh, like, you know. Like, what is that? Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, um, I don't know. So the the only time I remember really feeling it is when I did in eighth grade get sent to, uh, Baltimore Friends, the Quaker School, mm-hmm. which was an is an elite private school in mm-hmm. Baltimore, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I really saw real money. Ah. And I really saw I was you know because I remember in particular at the end of the day the 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 carpool thing, and you'd see the cars come around to pick up the kids, yeah. and it would be like you know Mercedes and Audi ben. and BMW, yeah. and here comes the Toyota Tercel. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be like oh. That's I didn't realize it's Jared's ride. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> really understand what we were driving until I saw gotcha. these other cars. Gotcha. Uh and and the first time I got, you know, invited to a party and saw how these people live in mm-hmm. parts of Baltimore that to this day I still never see. Yeah. And and uh um and I would go into their house and I was like oh man, <laughs> like even the houses in Columbia don't look like this. Yeah. Like I we're really we're different. Uh, we're different. Yeah. And then and the last point on that is I remember one time this kid was saying uh, for, for, for spring break, he was saying, where are you going? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what are you talking about? I'm be at the house. Right. And Homie? he was like, you know, are you know, are you going to Mexico, Cancun? You went to the Alps? I ain't got no passport. <laughs> so I said, I'm just going to be outside. Yeah. Chilling. You're right. Know, like, you know, but, th- but it was that kind of thing. I got you. And also, by the way, in eighth grade, like these kids knew I'm going to Harvard. I'm going to Yale. Uh, I'm going to like, and I was like, I I had no plan. Certainly, you sure. know. Uh, you was know. it was it expected that you would go to college, or that wasn't explicit? Yeah, you know, college for me was going to be a grant. I mean, my mother was like, "You're going." Even though my mother didn't go until she was in her fifties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like you know, she was she was she was always an intellectual, you mm-hmm. know, always reading, but she was not. She didn't you know didn't do the formal education thing till mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. But uh, um, she said, um, you know, you're going to go to college mm-hmm. uh, and you're not going to go into the military, which it's, which um, ended up happening, too. So mm-hmm. but uh, um, but, yeah, no, I was always expected that I would go to college, even though I didn't even until well until the military. I didn't really see how that was going to happen. I never saw it for myself. Ah, uh, so what, well, then what, how did you come to that point? Like it's, it's at toward the end of high school, mm. you know, you know, kids are sending out applications or taking, visiting colleges, taking college tours. Like, what are you doing toward the end of high school to prepare for this next thing? Was it just, you had nothing. a guidance counselor? Nothing. nothing. I didn't meet with any guidance counselors. I was, I, honestly, I was, uh, you know, the flip side of, you know, I, I, I got kicked out of Baltimore friends for, just not doing any work. Gotcha, I mean, okay. I just didn't do any work. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, and apparently, I just found some 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 papers. It was apparently some reports. I, I apparently was a little more um, I don't know combative than I remember. But <laughs> but uh, uh, I, so I did tenth grade in public school, 
in in Howard County, and then went to uh, uh, Thornton Friends, a, a smaller Quaker school in Silver Spring. Yeah, you what? familiar with this? Yeah, yes, I know people who went to Friends. Oh. Come on. Well, I don't know. I mean, because Sidwell is famous. You know where the Obamas the and big, them went. That's the big, that's super big, rich, rich, famous. Yeah. This was literally the size of one small house. The yeah. school. I think but, I went to a couple but, of summer camps at. at oh yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm familiar. Um, did you why why did why the back and forth with Quaker? Did your mother think these, this is a better just some fantasy about the Quakers and oh, yeah. Okay. So so the again it was this thing like the you know I had gotten in some fights with the kids in my neighborhood. So she thought if I send him to the high school that he's zoned for. Uh-huh. So she thought, you know, it would be a better environment. Be a better environment, and I think it was, you know, no disrespect. She was doing the best she could, but I think it was just a huge mistake because I had I had a, a very difficult time in those spaces. Ah, uh, the class thing was very made clear to me, uh, even at the Quaker school. Oh my, especially god. at the Quaker school. Oh my god, because uh-huh. it's just so much money. Yeah, and even if they're trying to be, you know, let's be friends and have meetings and not be overtly religious, and yeah, you know, we're gonna be, you know encourage your feelings mm-hmm. and thing, you know <laughs> even with all of that it's a lot of money yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a, yeah. And, and they can't help it yeah so you it just and then it was all of course they're still white so you would get all of the mm. you know you know accidental nigger references and all you know what do you mean like, well, he's doing air quotes you can't see it but what no do you mean i'm saying like one nigger references? no like the kid is in class and one day and he says you know he's he's telling a story and these niggers and he and then everybody stops and like he wasn't me. reading huck finn no he, he wasn't just... reading huck finn it, it was like for him it was an accidental release of the word oh and so then everybody huh. turns to me of course and, like, and i'm like you know, right. I don't know what to say. What do you right? What do you he want to do? <laughs> in fact, in fact, the teacher made him apologize, and then when I told my mother about it, she got furious, and she she called the school and said that, that the apology should have. Um, uh, first of all, she was she said that he should have been made to apologize to everybody. Yeah. And and then like she went on like she was like so much more should have happened yeah, than yeah, just yeah. apologize and make my son feel ostracized. Yeah, that's right. You know, but anyway, so I mean, yeah, all of that is still in those spaces. So yeah. that, by the way, which is why to this day I really appreciate the film Get Out because it huh. properly put racism in uh, the northeastern elite. Yeah. Instead of the stereotypical, easily digested yeah. Southern cracker, yeah, that's like right. everybody, that's, right. that's easy. Yeah, he, that's right. he spits chew, wears the rebel flag, and calls people niggas. Well, all right, well, yeah. But what about the one what who drinks wine? Yeah. with his sweater. That's right. In the fireplace, and goes to TFA fundraisers, right? And then creates actually the policy Hello? that destroys the community. So yeah. That's who I was going to school with. Like that's yeah. who these kids became. Yeah. Like that's yeah. they were just being trained to be like the polite end of imperialism. Yeah, the polite liberals. Yeah, yeah. So, uh-huh. um, uh, and but all of, but to the point about what I was doing was, mm-hmm. uh, uh, but b- because the 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 um, uh, I guess you could in one way call it the dialectic or the contradiction of being <laughs> put in that space was mm-hmm. that all of this privilege meant that these kids did all the drugs. Of course. So I did too. Okay. In so high when in high school, uh-huh. so when you're asking what was I doing instead of to prepare for college, uh-huh. getting high. Oh. And what was your uh, drug of choice in high school? I mean, well, everybody loves cocaine. Who doesn't love cocaine? I mean, you can't you can't do cocaine and not love it. You can. <laughs> it's a hell of a drug for a reason. You're gonna love it. But also in the because you you were were you in high school in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone was, yeah, just, you just, I mean, yeah. I, was, I even, even, even the white boy I was friends with mm-hmm. went into DC to get us some weed for a party and yeah. came back with an accidental crack rock that had dropped in his car. And I smoked that thing. 
What are you? I oh, smoked that whole thing. You smoked the whole the rock? whole thing. Did and it mess you up? It it was, or you just it did was, it that once? It was. I did it. You maybe smoked two the more accidental times. crack rock. I can't do it. He came back with the bag of weed, and then I was like, "Well, what is that in there?" And he was like, "Oh man, he did get it in the car. I think he just dropped that in the car." <laughs> That's so DC eighty. So I was like, because he did go to. Um, uh, 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 Chapin Street in uh, DC. Uh, so uh, it was, it was right. all black, all you know, just open air. But, cannons. but, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, um, I said, "What's that?" So I said, Ab- "So I said, absolutely." Because we were doing, no, I mean, we were doing like cocaine was was somewhat routine. Yeah, you know, LSD. Yeah, mushrooms, of course, weed. Yeah, of course, of course liquor. Of course. Uh, Is your that, mom know? At the time. She started. She she would find out because it, it be, there were several incidents. It became a big deal. I mean, I like even, she found stuff, or she or like you were just like oh, looking no, at oh the wall God. for five it hours, got, and she's like, "Oh, fuck. oh no, 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 no." Because oh no, I was not raised. My mother was not a helicopter parent, so so no, so she it be. was she, was she couldn't be. So she didn't see me a lot. So uh-huh. I got away with a lot. Oh, and okay. and um, cocaine is is one thing it's a beast it's wonderful sure. uh, even to this day i haven't touched it in years sure. i my i have nothing but fond memories it is just <laughs> it's just it's a remarkable drug that's why people have to stay away from it that's right. crack is another world and so it's Ooh. even better i mean mm. it's 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 and i tell totally people euphoria. if you you know i think the wolf of wall street mm-hmm. in that scene where dicaprio smokes in the in the outside the bar mm-hmm. they get that right i mean mm. it's an amazing it's just amazing, but you never get back to that first one. So I that's see, always the problem. Always that's why you, you never do. So uh-huh. like even the very next one isn't mm-hmm. as good. So uh-huh. it was, it's it, you never can, you know. So, mm. but what what happened with with uh, uh, anyway? So the, the what happened with no 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 don't try it no no no. No, I was going to go to the to uh-huh. the, you were you were talking about the the white boys and the 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 you know the one of the crazy incidents uh-huh. one of one of them occurred on on I forgot what year it would have been but it, it would have been early nineties because uh-huh. uh, it's post military but pre college so this would have been like ninety three maybe mm-hmm. um go to New Year's Eve party I had already started telling my these white this there was a crew of three white three or four white boys I would hang with mm-hmm. out of high school and mm-hmm. then I would see them occasionally at, uh, um, after the military because by then I, I really didn't. I had also made a conscious decision. I was like, the, the white friend thing was going to have to fade out too. Ah. It was, it was. I wasn't meeting the the actual radicals yet, so uh-huh. I was like, I can't. As I was radicalizing, the white folks weren't, mm-hmm. and I was like, I can't be in these spaces. Huh. But I did go on this New Year's Eve, and we were, we were we were uh, a, a a good amount of LSD, mm. and I'm in this room, and I remember there was these white boys watching Arsenio Hall Mm-mm. on TV oh, dear. in front of me. Uh-huh. And one of them did the same kind of thing. And they were like, I like Arsenio. I don't like Arsenio. Ah, oh, well, he's a nigga, but he's a kind of cool nigga. Like, you uh-huh. know, I don't mind him as a nigga, you know. <laughs> and I'm sitting there. I'm right here. But I'm starting, but I'm trying to do the math on this because I'm like, I'm 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 tripping. Uh-huh. Oh, like, right. You and I don't know literally. if you or your audience are familiar with this, but I'm in full, you know, as they say, tripping balls. I yeah. mean, I'm I'm tripping. Yeah. So I'm thinking, can I, could I physically smack, <laughs> break? Could I even physically do it if uh, I wanted to? Uh-huh. Like, can I get up and can I even form the words to say, shut your motherfucker? You know, yeah. like, can I even, can I cuss on you? Yes, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm cussing, sorry. please. Yeah, sorry, Let bad. it fly. I, 
So I don't even know if I can do it. Yeah. I somehow said something because I remember them turning around and saying like, my bad, I apologize. Uh-huh. And all I remember is erupting. Like, so oh. I, I just, I made a scene. I blew the party up. I knocked Ooh. something over. Two of my friends, uh, you know, got me out. Mm. And I was like, I'm, I, or I said, I got to go. Like, we got it. Like, I'm out. I wasn't yeah. driving. Yeah, so yeah, I was yeah. like, you have to take me home. Yeah. But the point is, we're all tripping. We're mm-hmm. all heavily intoxicated. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. We got to leave. Mm. So we go out. I make them go outside. We mm. And we go out to the parking lot. Mm. We were in an apartment complex. I don't remember where. But their car had been broken into. Mm-hmm. So the window was bust open mm-hmm. on a New Year's Eve, freezing cold night. We're all hallucinating. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and we're in somewhere in Baltimore County. Uh-huh. I live in, in Howard County. I'm like, you're driving me home. Which Ooh. means we're getting on 95. Ooh. Two, three in the morning, Ooh. tripping on LSD. Ooh. And as we're going home, we're arguing. Mm-mm. And I'm like, this is why I'm not fucking with your friends anymore. Mm. I don't, you know, fuck all of that. And I had and I had been learning about African history. So at some point of the conversation, I remember I worked in, and that's why Jesus was black <laughs> and Christianity <laughs> is stolen from Africa. <laughs> And that's what did it. And one of the white boys, he lost it on that one. Oh, that was, was his the, line. The, the Jesus line was yeah, the line. We're not doing that. And and I said, and I got so angry, <laughs> but we ended up, was I, I can never remember. I, I wasn't driving because it wasn't my car. Uh-huh. But I made them, we ended up stopping the car uh-huh. in the middle of I-95. No. Tripping on LSD. No. Arguing about the blackness of Jesus <laughs> and African or and I promise you so how did you not die I don't know oh my god we should have yeah uh, or been arrested or worse yeah uh, you know something or, well I guess died but but, yeah. but 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 yeah but I mean yeah it was but but I, that but that story for me was was is sort of the culmination of you know sort of all of the like where I was going where I was trying to get away from Holy what uh-huh. what are the problems when you mix heavy use abuse of drugs <laughs> yes. and whiteness that's right uh Can get a little yeah dicey. so so you know th- yeah anyway so i don't know what what i was supposed to be making a point with with that anyway but but no i for a crazy drug a story and... podcast anyway. <laughs> um that's right <clears throat> that's what we do here we get yeah that one all was up in everybody's business but i will say this i said huh? i want to say something real quick because yeah, yeah, i said yeah. something positive about coke <laughs> And I want to make sure I balance this appropriately because okay. Mary J. Blige in, in one of her stories about her near-death experiences mm-hmm. talks about when she saw the, and I'm not a religious spiritual person, yeah, he's but she talks about seeing those um, shadows crawling yeah. on the wall, mm-hmm. like like in, in the movie Ghost almost. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. The last time I smoked cocaine, like that rock? happened. Well, technically or, or you, it was- free base. It was well. Technically, it was powder cocaine sprinkled on top of weed, what, that smoked to, in a bowl. So white. We, call, we used to call it white cap. No, not, that, that's PCP on weed. Uh-huh. This was just powder cocaine sprinkled on okay. a bowl of weed. So okay. we used to call it snow caps. Oh, that's what okay. we used to call it. All right. And and so it was the last time I I took cocaine in via smoking. Smoking. Yeah. So it wasn't technically crack. Uh-huh. And it wasn't rocked cocaine, which yep. I know is also separate. Also at times from crack too. It was, used to always confuse me so i'm not entirely you know but but 
And I remember, I remember taking the, the, this this one, you know, what for me was the last big hit mm-hmm. or last hit period. Yeah. And I laid back on on the bed in this hotel room, uh-huh. and I saw the shadows. Whoa! J- oh, they just they, they were they were out emanating of- out of. It was very clear to me. Like if you look at the base of of even your floor and uh-huh. the wall here, uh-huh. out of the the I guess the baseboard, they uh-huh. were emanating. Whoa! And going up. No. And onto the ceiling. No. And I remember thinking, if I don't sit up, if I don't make a move, they're going to get me. And that's going to, I'm going oh, to die. Like me. I felt my heart pounding. I felt sure. it hard to catch my breath. Uh-huh. I felt, and I felt like they were coming like, oh, you took that hit. Whoa. Like that's the one. That's uh-huh. the OD hit. This, uh-huh. this is it. Oh, oh, you like, you that's thought what that I was thought. going to take it, take you out. So yeah. it wasn't a panic attack. It was like. I, like, I don't remember being panicked, yeah. but I remember being clear that if I don't respond, if I don't sit up, do something, something bad. Is I am going to die. Like oh I was like, God. this is it. Like they're coming. Like I remember thinking, I remember taking the hit and the exhaling thinking I might've gone too far. Cause we were already pretty high. Uh-huh. So I was like, I might, this might've been the, this is more smoking <laughs> with white boys. One, just one. Oh, okay. Just one, one. It was because I was already fading out. So I, there's a lot of leave. So like one of the things I started saying to them is like, I'm not going to hang with you when you go out with your friends. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Then I said, you know, I'll, I'll I'll maybe hang with you when you know, intermittently or uh-huh. you know. But in this instance, I was, um, I think we were going to bartending school, and on the way back, he mm-hmm. said, you know, I got some coke. Mm-hmm. Let's smoke. Mm-hmm. So we went and got one of those cheap hotel rooms on 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 Route One. Ooh. And and so we could just smoke in peace. Uh-huh. And I remember he was sitting on the other bed, and I was sitting on mine. Uh-huh. And I took that hit. Oh my god! And I put the bong down because uh-huh. he was using a bong. Uh-huh. And I remember thinking, "This is that's this. I might have, I might have overdone it." You Ooh. know, like you know, you take that even with alcohol, you take that one drink. You're like, "Oh, I think that might be the one that Ooh. makes me Earl or whatever." Yeah. And when I saw, so I laid back on the bed. Uh huh. And I saw them and I said, man. And that's so I sat up. Uh-huh. Did they I go- kind of went like this. I said, I sat up and 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 my friend was looking at me. He's like, you all right? You all right? He was in his eyes. All, I remember, I forget, he was, he, his eyes were why He was all Bug-eyed. bugged out and high himself and yeah. worried, like, am I going to have to be high and call an ambulance? <laughs> and you could see all the panic in his face. Yeah. Am I going to have to get arrested? Do I have to deal with the police? Right. And and then I so I calmed down, got it together, and then I remember him asking me, "You want another hit?" And I was like, "Nah, no, I'm good." Never Thanks. again. And to this day, that was it. That was the that was the last one. Whoa. So like, um, you were trying to balance yeah. that with your earlier exu- fond. Yeah. So memory. I just wanted to put that out there. Like, it cannot be. It can go really bad, yeah. and it often does. And actually, there's really no good ending to I think cocaine use. Like like it's a great drug, but like you can't. I was scandalized yeah. when I realized, as an adult, when I realized how much white people love cocaine. It's just like they love, they love it. They love it, and and I mean, I understand why. I mean, it's great. It's just <laughs> thankfully, you know, too expensive. Yeah, uh, for most of us. For most of us, <laughs> right. and um, but I remember like the white girls in, in in these in these. I remember like in those in those private schools, like they would talk about one. I remember one. Well, two in particular who would say like they would use cocaine as diets. Yeah. Like we gotta get ready for spring break. Yeah, that's right. Let's get coked up that's for right. a couple weeks. That's right. And so you don't because you know eat. you don't eat and whatever. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's <laughs> an goes, interesting method. He goes, that's one way. That's to one way of doing it. Get ready for summer. You know, cool, you just diet or jog. <laughs> that's but put down the ho hos. Nah, but cool. Binge for a couple weeks. 
uh, and then go to rehab. Um, yeah. Now, by the way, so so real quick, that you talk about negative. I mean, I did. It, it, my mother ended up finding out because we had a, a big incident in the school. People did tell on each other. Ooh. And to cover ourselves, a few of us signed up to go to rehab. Wait, which, wait. How is how is that covering? That's admitting. Well, what I learned. Well, we were already caught. So what you what what we learned was the the, the most heavy drug users in the school had yeah. previously gone to rehab uh. and then used that as a cover to get away with everything. Oh, that was my logic. So I said. Uh-huh. So when I got caught, yeah, and the school got involved, uh-huh. and my mother got because you got caught in school. We got what? caught in at well a party an issue at a party got reported to the school. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember this one boy that did it, and I and it was like. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. So I thought Ill, it was illogical at the time, but mm-hmm. I, my logic at the time was fine. I'll just cop to it. I'll say I have a problem uh-huh. and I'll go to this 45 day rehab uh-huh. and then I'll come back and I'll be able to get as high as I want and nobody will. Oh, holy shit. Uh-huh. Uh, and that is what happened. Um, who, who, who paid for this? Insurance. Oh, your mom didn't have to come out of pocket. No, oh, my okay. mother didn't have any money. Look, so, so like all of the, the the private schools were scholarships and 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 you know loans. Uh-huh. The the rehab was was uh, um, covered. My father's insurance because in fact he had to get involved. Oh wow, uh, he was he was notified uh-huh. that his son was going to rehab. Oh, and um, uh, which was a wild experience too. And that's where I met you know real drug. Uh, addicted folks mm-hmm. and 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 learned you know that I need to stop. I actually had a positive experience in the sense that I learned I need to stop playing around where I end up like these folks. From ah. Um and in fact, Maryland folks will appreciate or basketball fans will appreciate this. <gasps> the dude, I know exactly what you're about to say. No, 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 but say it. Go ahead, Lynn Bias. The dude that sold Len Bias his drugs, oh! his brother was in my program. Stop. With me. So so. Brian Tribble's brother oh was in the God. program with me. Another so. light skin joint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's deep. Uh, so, so I, you know, I, I, I met. I remember meeting him and hearing a little bit about that. Whoa. And then you just meet like all these folks and hear these stories, man. People like really. really... So it wasn't a. It wasn't. It was a joke, but you took it seriously. Like, why well, am I taking you... it seriously? Because you end up in these sessions. You yeah. got to go to these sessions, yeah. and you're yeah. hearing these stories. Yeah. Like, you know what? What you know. People selling their bodies. Yeah. People, you know, like stealing heroin. That you go, you got to go through a detox. Yeah. Ooh. So you see, like, I mine was easy because yeah. I was I wasn't really addicted like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. You see people going through the D, the DTs yeah. from the liquor and yeah. the the I mean, really going through it. And I remember this one dude. Uh, um, he wanted to show me because he was he was missing it so much. He was like, man, he was like, because he was like, you ever do heroin? And I was like, nah, man. As I said, I, I said once I snorted morphine. I said that's as close as I got. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh no. Nah. He said, he said, you want to see what it looks like when you're nodding? No, I don't. I, well, I was like, yeah, he was like, show me. And he said he did the whole thing. He went through the whole thing of hitting his arm, getting his arm ready, and he was like, oh, and I would just be sitting like this and. <laughs> And he was just missing it. And I was like, damn, I don't ever want <laughs> to miss something. I don't I ever want to be on smack. No. Because I was sitting there thinking, as soon as I get out of here, I'm getting high. I'm going to get a joint. I'm oh, going okay. you know, to get my, at least my weed. I'm yeah, going to get yeah. back on the weed for sure. Right. Uh, uh, and my little beers or whatever. Uh-huh. But but I don't ever want to be. No, I don't ever want to be pantomiming, nodding off to Heron. Right. No. What does your black ass daddy say around this time? He, he didn't say, he didn't, he, just... he didn't say anything. That was, that was one of those, you know, unfortunate key moments. Oh, 
He just acknowledged that I was there and signed whatever he had to sign wow. or whatever. And but he didn't he didn't take your side like listen. Nope. Nope. My man, you better no, huh. and 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 I, you know, it's not my place to share. I, you know, I've I've said plenty about myself, but 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 I'll, I'll say, um, uh, it, it 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 for a number of different reasons, it would have been appropriate, and he would have been well positioned to be helpful in that moment. Yeah, so, I see. Uh-huh. So you know, um, and unfortunately, one of my, you know, my uh, his stepson, one of my stepbrothers, lost his life to drugs. Uh, uh, yeah, it was uh, everywhere at that time. Like you it know, was, it was real. And bad. this was even more recently. This was even like hmm. you know, not that much longer ago. Uh-huh. But but yeah, but he had been himself mm. in, in 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 the streets, as they say. Uh. You know? So he, you know. Uh, uh, so anyway, my point is, no, my, my, my father didn't, you know, he didn't get you together. Nah. Wow. Okay. But you spent 45 days in here, you and the other, you know, privileged private school kids. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. So that's the other thing. Actually, no. You so were the like, only one who went. I thought that the, you all had a Oh no, I'm sorry. Together. No, no, I'm sorry. I and some of those kids did. I'm sorry, but in the rehab itself, we're not, it was not privileged at all. No, no, like, no, no. Those no. folks, I'm a saying, lot of those folks were like coming out of really horrific situations. Yeah, yeah. No, no I'm saying, so, but yeah. you and the yeah, other our kids crew little, school, yeah, yeah, we did like, a little hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. It was a, it was a total abuse of a, of a. Looking back, I mean, it was an abuse of a system. Yeah. Uh, like, because uh, the people that were there really needed that place. Yes. You know, so I feel bad. You know, I have a profound, like I said, to this day, I have a profound respect. Of course. For people with, who struggle with that, you know, so like even when people were trying to, you know, some of one even my friends trying to joke DMX, you know, uh, uh, and I'm like, nah, man, you gotta respect that. Yeah, he, you don't you know, know how was, you know his life was, was and it was hard. Yeah, man. yeah. So you started with the shambolic bar mitzvah and. I just was abusing the- these institutions for years. You know what <laughs> Shambolic like, trip to rehab. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <clears throat> Louise. But, mm-hmm. Yes. But the other, the, I, there is one final piece of this is mm-hmm. that out of coming out of high school, I got, um, uh, cause you also asked how my mother also found, you know, after that, my mother found, um, uh, she found, which, which she didn't know what it was, but she had found I had end up like like a, a few sheets of acid. Mm. Uh, that she didn't know what it was. She just knew it was drugs. We mm. had a big fight. She threw me out of the house. Mm. This is my my just just after graduation. So I was still seventeen, but mm. had just finished high school, mm-hmm. and threw me out of the house. Uh, which is where I learned about you talk about class. I learned about the the class floor, so to speak, in, in Howard County because hmm. I ended up in in a, a homeless shelter. Ah, and where, where I didn't at first I was like, there are homeless people around here, like right, is right, that right, bad, right. right? But yeah, it does. Yeah, like, it's, it's, and, and I was. It one just of them. looks different in the <laughs> right. sub, in that's the suburbs. Yeah. Looks, that's exactly right. Yeah, it just looks different. Mm. How uh, long were you homeless? Uh man, few weeks oh, well. uh, until you got it together, and she let you. Come I back didn't home. get it together Ooh. until I got arrested. Mm. In Dr. Ball, yeah. go ahead. Uh huh. I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's the same. So, even with this relative position of privilege, as soon as that little privilege was taken away, mm-hmm. I reverted to what a lot of people revert yeah. to. Yeah. So, um, uh, a whole bunch of petty crime, and then um, what was blown up by the police into to some uh, uh, conspiracy. Well, it was the official charge was um, possession of a controlled substance because we had stolen from uh, this white kid in my school. His his uncle owned a pharmacy, mm-hmm. so we stole 
a lot actually, but huge bottles of speed and mm-hmm. volume. Eey. And when we weren't using them, mm-hmm. chopping them up, snorting them, smoking them, drinking them with the liquor and all that, mm. we were bagging them up for sale. Yeah. And so longer story shorter, I got caught with uh, the pills, the baggies mm-hmm. in Virginia. The pharmacy Ooh. was in Maryland. Ooh. So the official Cross state line. crossing state lines, yeah. federal charge, distribution. Damn. Uh, there were several. Yeah. And so what else was kind of a stupid little silly thing on paper kind of grew. To a rap sheet. And then, um, again, the lawyers worked with the state and mm-hmm. they said either three years, you're looking at either three years mm-hmm. or mm. you should hurry up and join the military before your court date. Damn. <clears throat> so my mother and the only reason I got taken back home was because my mother had to pick me up from the police station because uh, I was a minor still yeah. and um, and technically like even the shelter would only keep me for a week because yeah. I was a minor yeah. so I had to leave and go live wherever I could find yeah. somewhere to put to my head, head yeah. and because um, I because my mother kicked me out but I didn't want her to get arrested for um, abuse of a minor or whatever sure, child or neglect, neglect or whatever yeah. uh-huh. Anyway, so I joined the military, signed up for the Navy uh, before my court date, and the, the judge said, I'll give you a temporary, you know, unsupervised probation for a year so you can go to boot camp. Wow. And that's how I always say I served my four-year sentence in the Navy. And Wow. And that's a few more transgressions in that time, but then by the time I left there, I was a very politically different and... Um, you know, for the most part, other than that last instance I already described, I was, you know, more or less differently as, you know, I wasn't, you know, I was drinking a lot, but not, you know, doing drugs like that too much and, and politically radicalizing and thinking I need to get more serious and figure something out. dying to know how it all turned around for him, right? Right? Well, you can head on over to patreon.com slash what's left to do to hear part two and find out. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash what's left to do. But don't fret, if you can't swing our Patreon at $5 a month, all Patreon episodes will be unlocked after 30 days. Okay, see you over on Patreon where we dig into his part two.